Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Corner Podcast. I am solo tonight. Nick is out of town this week, so I wanted to get something out here for you guys to listen to or not listen to, whichever you prefer. Um, Normally, we are live on Twitch every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. However, this is just going to be a podcast. We will have this uploaded for you shortly. It should be available for your listening pleasure either Monday or Tuesday morning. If you're a fan of the show, come and find us on Facebook at the Sports Corner 865. That is also the same on Twitter at Sports Corner 865. You can find Nick on Twitter at Pastor Nick 86. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen McCoy 23. We're going to be a little bit different tonight. As I said, I am flying solo, so bear with me as we kind of cover some notes tonight. Uh, it will be a shorter show. So this week, on Thursday night, it brought us the 2022 NBA Draft, and the Orlando Magic were on the clock with the number one pick. After months of Jabari Smith Jr. being the presumed first pick, the Magic shocked everyone by taking Duke's Paolo Bancaro. The Oklahoma City Thunder followed that pick with their selection of Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and the Rockets did take Jabari Smith Jr. at number three. Former Iowa Hawkeye Keegan Murray went fourth before the Pistons selected Jaden Ivey out of Purdue to round out the top five. The Thunder were not done on the night, however, as they traded three future first-round picks to the New York Knicks for the rights to draft Usman Zhang out of France, who played professionally last year in Australia. Thunder also were on the clock at pick 12, where they took Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, and I'm not sure if general manager Sam Presti got confused or if he just really doesn't like the local Thunder media, but with the 34th pick in the draft, he elected to take Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. So that is both Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara and Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. And so that should make for some pretty interesting articles for uh, the Thunder media crew to sort through over the next few years. One final note on the NBA draft. Former Tennessee Vol Kennedy Chandler had a draft night slide ended when the San Antonio Spurs selected him 38th overall. The Spurs later traded his rights to Chandler's hometown uh, Memphis Grizzlies, allowing him to link link up with his longtime friend in John Morant. In other news around the sports world, the Ole Miss Rebels are your 2022 College World Series champions as they swept the Oklahoma Sooners in this year's final. Ole Miss started the season ranked number five overall and got all the way up to number one at one point during the season. You may remember that the uh, Tennessee Volunteers baseball team went down there and swept them as the number one team in Oxford this year. They had a rough stretch there in the middle of the year, but they entered the postseason as the three seed in Miami's regional. After making out of that regional and taking down Miami, they went on the road to Southern Miss for their Super Regional and then went 5-1 and one in this year's College World Series to ultimately capture the title. The Texas Longhorns football team got some good news this week as they have seemingly won the Arch Manning sweepstakes. Now, we are still months from signing day, so anything can still happen, but Arch did announce his commitment to the Longhorns on Thursday on his Twitter account. With the recent commitment, the Longhorns can now claim all three of the perfect 1.0 quarterback recruits ranked in the 24-7 sports composite era um, Quinn Ewers was a perfect 1.0 according to 24-7 Sports um, whenever, whenever he came out a couple years ago, and he, of course, transferred in this past spring to Texas, the other recruit being Vince Young back in the 2002 class. Rob Gronkowski announced his second retirement from the NFL on Tuesday, but his agent did tell Adam Schefter not to be surprised if he was coaxed out of retirement by his old pal Tom Brady sometime either this season or next season. So I'm sure that at some point this year, Tom Brady will give old Gronk a call, and they will make another late-season run, make a run at the Super Bowl, and Gronk will try to get another ring with Mr. Brady. 
The NFL's investigation into Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is coming to a close, and reports suggest that the NFL is pushing for an indefinite suspension lasting no less than one year. This comes just days after Watson's agent told reporters that he has settled 20 of the 24 lawsuits brought against him. Now, I do want to spend some time here talking about this, as I do think that this is important to talk about. So we have touched on the Deshaun Watson issue before, and it's kind of ebbed and flowed, and it seemed like nothing was going to happen, and it seemed like maybe he is going to get suspended. So it is interesting to see that the NFL is finally trying to take a stand on this issue by suspending um, Deshaun Watson indefinitely. Now, obviously, they are pushing for an indefinite suspension, allowing them to have more control over how long this truly lasts. Um, but the NFL Players Association is trying to, um, I guess, litigate on his behalf and, and try to come to a, a true number. Um, and the reports are that they those talks have broken down and that Deshaun Watson will be going to um, have a hearing this week uh, on Tuesday. The NFL is expected to um, issue their final statement the week of July 4th, if not sooner. Um, I did mention that arbitration hearing is what is coming this week. The initial ruling will be made by a neutral arbitrator um, and former U.S. District Court Judge Sue Robinson. And then this is from an article on Bleacher Report where they are talking with uh, Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal. And here is some insight from Beaton on what's happening here. So the league's belief that it should institute what is essentially the strictest discipline it can assess is based on its investigation over the last year. The breadth of the allegations against him and some accusations that NFL officials have concluded are particularly damning. While the league's arguments include the broad array of the accusations against Watson, in addition to the 24 lawsuits, other women have accused him of wrongdoing without taking civil action against him. Officials have zeroed in on five of the alleged victims whose cases they believe include the strongest evidence. The league will focus on those five cases as it argues for the significant ban. Those cases include contemporaneous corroboration, such as text messages of the women's accounts, two of the people said. League officials believe those allegations in particular are objectively probable and establish a clear and disturbing pattern of behavior from Watson. Uh, and then it goes on to say, per Beaton, the league will not accept a suspension of less than one year. In addition, an indefinite suspension would give the league the ability to keep Watson away from the game for a longer time if further developments arise, such as an increase in accusations against him. So basically, the NFL is just saying, hey, we have 24 allegations already. We know that there's potentially more. So we're going to try to give this an indefinite suspension so that we can collect some more information to see if a year is, is enough, to see if we need to go longer, and, and so on and so forth there. Um, it goes on to say the NFL and NFLPA have attempted to negotiate Watson's suspension, but that has not led to a resolution. In addition, the NFLPA is prepared to fight any decision handed down. So NFLPA, which is NFL Players Association, is fighting on behalf of Deshaun Watson to get this cleared up. Uh, obviously, Watson has, from the beginning, said he has done no, nothing wrong. There has been no wrongdoing, that everything was consensual. Um, but the NFL is taking a much harsher stance here. One important thing to note here is that under the terms of the most recent collective bargaining agreement signed by the NFL and the NFL Players Association, the NFL cannot unilaterally hand down a suspension for Watson. An independent disciplinary officer which, as I mentioned earlier, in this case is former District Court Judge Sue Robinson, must weigh in as well, though the commissioner can amend the disciplinary officer's ruling when a suspension is deemed appropriate. 
So I guess what this means is that the NFL can't say, yeah, you're suspended indefinitely without somebody else hearing it. If the judge comes through and says, hey, I think a one-year suspension or a two-year suspension is warranted here, then at that point, the NFL can go in and alter that suspension if they deem necessary. So this is still um, this is still going to play out for a while, and you know we're not really sure what what is the case here. But um, just to kind of recap, so there have been numerous allegations, 24 civil lawsuits accusing Watson of sexual assault or misconduct during massage therapy sessions. He did miss the entire 2021 season with the Houston Texans, but that was both the decision made by the Texans and by Watson himself. This is not something that was um, levied about from the NFL. So. That is important to note here that the NFL has not actually issued any punishment yet. This is kind of uh, either self-imposed or imposed from the Texans themselves. Jenny Vrentis with the New York Times also reported back um, several months ago that Watson met with at least 66 women for massage appointments over a period of 17 months from 2019 to 2021. That New York Times report stated that the Houston Texans, Watson's old team, provided him with hotel memberships and non-disclosure agreements to use for some of the appointments. So right now it looks as though the NFL's investigation is centering on Deshaun Watson as he is the one that has the allegations brought against him. But I would not be surprised if after this concludes and we get some sort of resolution on the Watson side, the NFL does not then push for more information on the Houston Texans side to see what all they knew, what all they were complicit with, if they had any kind of cover up or anything along those lines. So it does appear as though the Texans were involved in this in some manner. So I will be interested to see how all of that plays out. Um, so we will keep you updated on that. Like I said, this is gonna be a shorter show today. So um, I'm gonna wrap it up here for what we have as far as the show goes um, from the sports side. However, I do want to give you a Mount Rushmore. We haven't had one in a while. Um, Nick and I kind of transitioned to the, um, the the argument on you know picking a side argument on um, you know as a hot dog a sandwich and, and some of those kind of issues so uh, I want to go back to Mount Rushmore tonight Nick's not here to tell me how wrong I am um, so I'm just going to give you my top four best summer fruits so obviously you can eat fruit year round and some of these fruits are always good but specifically for the summer these are the four fruits that I like the best and number four comes in blueberries. Um, I am not a huge blueberry fan year round, but I love some blueberries when it comes time for summer and getting some of those fruit trays and, and having you know an assorted fruit on my plate. Number three, watermelon. It, watermelon just screams summer to me. You know, there's something about a hot day and just sitting down and, and, and getting you a big watermelon, cutting it open, you know, Fourth of July cookout or something like that. It's hard to beat a watermelon. Number two for me is strawberries. I love strawberries. This is the one that's that's always good. It's good year round but um, even better in the summertime. The number one for me is a good old pineapple. Pineapple's good year round. It never really goes out of uh, out of season here and I could eat pineapple and strawberries together um, pretty much every day. In fact, I do eat pineapples and strawberries for lunch a lot. Um, so that is my top four. Honorable mentions would go to some cantaloupe or some honeydew, some of the other melons around, especially in the summertime. Those are always a good add to your fruit tray. Um, and then an apple's always good, but again, that's not necessarily the summer fruit. So my top four, blueberries, watermelon, strawberries, and pineapple. Like I said, it was, was going to be a short show tonight, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Hopefully Nick will have something for you next week. I will try to record something before I go on vacation. If not, Nick will be solo next week, but we did want to get something to you this week. So 
Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you all again soon.